Hello, hello, and welcome to Bite Size Podcast. I'm your host, Zandali. Bite Size Podcast is a holistic nutrition podcast for pregnancy, postpartum, and baby starting solids to further educate you on all of the options available to support you on this journey. Apparently, I'm feeling a little controversial these days because today we're covering the long list of foods to avoid when pregnant and why you might be advised to avoid them and more interestingly, what the research actually says. A common list of foods you were told to avoid are soft cheeses, raw fish and meat, undercooked or raw eggs, and unwashed or pre-prepared fruit and vegetables. So the reason pregnant women are often advised to avoid these foods is because the immune system goes through a lot of changes in pregnancy. Last season, we covered low immunity in pregnancy and how best to support yourself through this nutritionally. All of this is because the body is trying to protect the fetus best it can, but because of these changes in hormones and immunity, it can increase your susceptibility to infections and foodborne illnesses. Some foodborne illnesses can increase the risk of dehydration, adverse pregnancy outcomes, and in some rare cases, miscarriage or stillbirth. So obviously this is important to take into consideration when making food choices as you support your body, your immunity, and your baby. Now before we go into the risks of these foods, it's important to distinguish that not all foodborne illnesses are equal. Researchers have discovered more than 250 different foodborne illnesses, most coming from bacteria, viruses, or parasites, and some from harmful toxins and chemicals. The top five foodborne illnesses are norovirus, salmonella, clostridium perifringinis, I don't know how to say it, E. coli, and campylobacter. The other one we need to be concerned of when it comes to pregnancy is listeriosis. While listeriosis only accounts for 1% of all food outbreaks, pregnant women are 10 times more likely to contract it than non-pregnant women. While infection from listeriosis is rare, it does put the baby at risk. Depending on the stage of the pregnancy, listeriosis can cause miscarriage, stillbirth, preterm birth, or neonatal disease. In the top five foodborne illnesses, only salmonella and campylobacter have been known to pass to the fetus as well. Salmonella tends to be more mild and self-limited with 4% of cases causing more serious complications for the baby, which may lead to miscarriage, preterm birth, or neonatal sepsis. Campylobacter can be more serious if contracted before the third trimester and can cause miscarriage, stillbirth, preterm birth, or neonatal sepsis. So these are the illnesses we are most concerned about when discussing foods to avoid in pregnancy, but we're going to go over those foods you're told to avoid, which illnesses you might contract from them, and what the risk might be if you choose to consume them. Since I'm not dishing out any advice, you can take the research and make the choices for yourself. First up, soft and unpasteurized cheeses. This includes camembert, roquefort, queso, panela, and one of my favorites, brie. These have been known to have risk of listeria, E. coli, and salmonella. In a 2010 study, the rate of risk for soft cheeses in a risk assessment of listeria in ready-to-eat foods by the FDA estimated the risk of contracting listeriosis to be one case in 5 million servings of soft cheeses consumed by pregnant women, which is minimal risk. In fact, between 2009 and 2011, there were 51 cases of listeriosis from soft cheese and 147 due to a whole cantaloupe. However, dairy on a whole does seem to be a leading cause in foodborne illnesses, with one responsible for about 20% of outbreaks, which is queso fresco, a Mexican soft cheese. In the same analysis, it was actually pasteurized cheese, which was responsible for all but one case of listeria outbreak. And this one case was due to the cheese being left out at a wedding at an improper temperature and then consumed. 
However, overall, when it comes to general foodborne illness, the CDC found between 2009 and 2015 that unpasteurized dairy accounted for 109 outbreaks, while pasteurized dairy accounted for 20 outbreaks. So to summarize, soft and unpasteurized cheeses only account for salmonella and listeria, which can cause serious consequences for the baby and E. coli, which is known to only affect mum. The risk of listeria is very low overall, and more cases have been found in cantaloupe than soft cheese. But overall, dairy is a leading cause of all foodborne illness. The risk is not equal between all cheeses either. Queso would be the only one to truly avoid due to its high risk of listeria, but other soft cheeses carry a much lower risk. Raw meat is up next. <laughs> this category includes undercooked meat and poultry like steak tartare, as well as deli meats, including hot dogs, bologna, roast beef, turkey breast, refrigerated pâtés, and other meat spreads. In a study done between 1998 and 2008, it found that while the illnesses from meat and poultry began to decrease, the illnesses that do occur have a higher risk of being fatal, at about 29%. In a risk-ranking model of listeriosis among ready-to-eat foods, deli meat carried the highest risk, estimated to be about 1 in 83,000 servings of deli meat. Turkey meat is responsible for about 10% of outbreaks. However, beef and pork deli meats carry a much lower risk. Because not all deli meats carry the same risk, it has led researchers to state that despite the increased relative risk for pregnant women contracting listeria, the absolute risk is extremely low and avoiding deli meats altogether does appear to be rather punitive. This is particularly after those first 20 weeks of pregnancy. Overall, raw and deli meats seem to carry a higher risk, but not all the same. Raw meats and tartare carry a higher risk than deli meat, but pork and beef deli meats are going to be safer options than turkey and chicken meats. So if you're truly craving that roast beef sandwich, ensuring you get a fresh cut at the butcher and consume immediately, this might be your safest bet to beat that craving. Now onto raw fish for my sushi lovers. When it comes to sushi and raw fish, the biggest risk is parasites. And while pregnancy does not increase the risk of contracting a parasite, it can just make it harder to treat should you contract one. Generally speaking, the types of fish to likely carry parasites are not actually used in sushi. There are guidelines set out by the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, that actually helps make it safer to consume sushi. The FDA requires that raw fish be flash frozen to destroy parasites before being served, and when preserving fish for raw consumption, by storing it at less than negative 35 Celsius for 15 hours, or at less than negative 20 Celsius for seven days. Similarly, according to the European Union Hazard Analysis and Critical Control Points, another big organization that is out there trying to keep you safe, marine fish for raw consumption should be frozen at less than negative 20 Celsius for more than 24 hours. This would mean that sushi from restaurants are likely safe to consume unless you're in a country that does not follow these governing bodies. It's also important to separate raw fish from shellfish as this drastically changes the statistics of foodborne illnesses from raw fish. The risk for seafood when discussing only raw fish and not shellfish is one in two million. Interestingly, a lot of women actually crave raw fish in pregnancy. Raw fish is higher in omega-3s than cooked fish, which is important for baby's brain development. It's also higher in selenium, which helps offset mercury, and raw fish is also higher in iodine, which is important in thyroid function. So how can you ensure that the sushi you are eating is safe? Purchase from a reputable establishment, ensure it has been stored properly, that means no buffet, and don't be afraid to ask them how long they've stored the fish for and at what temperature. I would also advise to consume immediately. 
Don't let it sit out as this is when illness is more likely to occur. Now onto shellfish, which includes oysters, clams, mussels, shrimp, prawns, crab, and lobster. These are the little guys responsible for the majority of seafood-related foodborne illness. Because shellfish continually draws in water, which can contain harmful bacteria and viruses, these become more concentrated in their tissue and when consumed by humans in an undercooked state, this is when illness can occur. So ensuring any shellfish consumed is well-cooked would be your best bet at ensuring you eliminate the possibility of illness from shellfish. So to summarize, there are measurements in place to ensure you can consume sushi in a safe manner, and it can actually have some benefit. When it comes to shellfish, ensuring it is well-cooked will help eliminate possibilities of foodborne illness. Now on to eggs. Man, this one's a tough one for me because I love a poached egg and eggs are an incredible source of choline, which is very important in pregnancy. The risk of salmonella from eggs is about one in 20,000. There is also a large difference in conventional versus organic. In a study done on the actual birds, antimicrobial resistant salmonella was significantly higher in conventional birds than organic raised. Organic birds sit at about 5.6%, while conventional birds are at 38.8% incidence of salmonella. This could also be likely due to the environment conventional birds are raised in, as they are in a lot closer quarters, as opposed to organic birds which have more roaming allowance. This also explains why a lot of conventional birds are fed antibiotics. Now when discussing choline, majority of women will not meet their choline needs in pregnancy. A study showed that just under 3% of pregnant women actually meet their choline needs. For this reason, eggs are extremely important in a pregnant person's diet, as they're rich in choline, which is hard to get from other food sources. Those who do consume eggs have double the intake of choline as a person who does not. Tying this into organic versus conventional, organic eggs are known to contain slightly higher amounts of many nutrients as opposed to conventional eggs, including choline. If you don't consume eggs, a supplement should be considered. But if you do consume eggs, eat your boots out, but aim for cooking eggs thoroughly. Other sources of undercooked eggs to be aware of is hollandaise sauce, Caesar salad dressing, cookie dough, raw cake batter, and eggnog. Now finally, onto unwashed produce. Obviously, you don't hear of pregnant women being told to avoid fruit and vegetables, which is interesting because more foodborne illnesses can be attributed to leafy vegetables than any other commodity, which accounts for 46% of cases. I'm finishing with this on the list because it just goes to show that no food can be guaranteed to be safe and risk or reward of all individual foods need to be taken into account when making food choices. Pre-cut fruit and vegetables are at a higher risk of contamination. Buying whole and cutting it when ready to consume is a safer option. If you are planning to cook them, then wash them well and cook them good. Bean sprouts and other sprout foods are becoming one of the more highly recommended to avoid foods in pregnancy due to the amount of illnesses they cause. Sprouts of all kind require warm, humid conditions to grow, which are the same conditions that bacteria thrive in. Salmonella, Listeria, and E. coli can enter through the crack in the shell, which is why washing these are not going to effectively minimize the risk. Lightly cooking them also does not fully reduce the risk. They need to be thoroughly cooked. This all applies to homegrown sprouts as well. Overall, be sure to wash your fruit and vegetables super well, cook them when you can, and avoid pre-cut. Avoid sprouts if possible, especially when eating out, and if consuming at home, be sure to cook thoroughly. So there we have it, my friends, the foods pregnant women are commonly told to avoid and what the research actually says. 
I know this is very controversial and obviously all foods carry the risk of contracting a foodborne illness. I'm very interested in hearing what your opinions are. If you live around the globe, are their recommendations the same? Are they different? Come join us on Instagram so we can discuss further. Find us at bitesized.podcast. But before you go, don't forget about my discount codes. Whether you are on the journey to conceive, pregnant, or starting solids with your baby, I've partnered with some amazing companies to save you money and support you in this journey. Needed for all your supplement needs, whether you're trying to conceive or half-cooked, they've got you and your partner covered from prenatals to collagen powder. You can use code BITESIZED for 20% off. Ovary for ovulation strips, pregnancy tests, and male fertility test needs. Whether you're trying to get pregnant or avoid it, these are good for you and the environment. BITESIZE10 for 10% off. And finally, be sure to check out Raising Humans Co. for all of your silicone tableware needs. Use my code BITESIZE for 10% off by shopping at the link in my description. Don't forget to join the conversation over on Instagram at bitesize.podcast. And as well, we're over there on YouTube cooking up a storm, so come check us out. Thank you so much for tuning in today, friends. Please leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And in case no one has told you today, you look radishing. Bye. Although I am a certified holistic nutrition consultant, I am not your consultant. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not always specific to you and your needs. While I strive to provide you with the most up-to-date and accurate information about nutrition, this is not a substitute for professional medical advice and you should not solely rely on the information herein.